perfect. Seriously. These are the deep questions of life that we want to ponder is uh, these things that will never probably happen. All right. Okay, so um, we're going to jump into uh, the questions that we're going to answer tonight. So we have, I need to explain one thing to you guys. So we, um, due to technical difficulties uh, this week that are out of our control, um, we don't have a projector, so we don't have anything to put on the screen. Um, we don't have any TVs to put anything onto the screen. So... We therefore have like no technology, so all of the um, sermon notes and everything that we're going to be talking about are on the YouVersion Bible app. Also, we don't have it printed out because when we found out we weren't going to be able to have these things, it was really late in the day and we weren't able to print anything out. So, uh, we literally have one way that you can engage with um, the things that we're going to be talking about today. And so, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, please get that out. And um, if you don't know where you are going in the YouVersion Bible app, it's very simple. On the home screen, bottom right-hand corner, it says more. Go to events, Bethel Youth, shh, Bethel Youth. And then go to today's event. Make sure to save it so you can access those notes uh, past tonight. So there's a few reasons of why we like to um, take notes. Why we like to look at those notes is um, it, uh, there, there's different like levels of retaining information. I talked about this last week. But there's different levels of retaining information. When we hear something, when we see something, and when we write something down, it's there's three ways that our brain can connect to the information that is being told and that is important in a, in a lot of different ways and in a lot of different scenarios. It's important um, in the context of youth. It's, it's important in the context of youth and um, like in school and things like that. So you can retain the information um, that you're learning. And in the context of following Jesus and things of that nature, um, it's important because um, those, those are the things that we need to apply to our life to be to be changed and become more and more like Jesus. And so um, tonight I'm going to make a little bit of a small pivot due to, uh, or in tonight in regards to the questions that we're addressing for Can I Ask That? I'm going to address two questions um, that were asked that um, are a little bit quicker to answer. They don't necessarily need an entire sermon um, devoted to them. Uh, and then I'm going to walk through a text that is found in the book of James chapter 1. So if you are in the YouVersion Bible app, you will see that there. If you have a paper Bible, it's really, really far to the right um, of your Bible. There's also a table of contents in the front of your Bible to tell you where the book of James is. Um, and I want to talk about uh, what we're to do with knowledge and infor information about who God is and how that is to affect our lives. And the reason I'm doing this is because the question that I was going to respond to um, is, uh, are men superior to women? This was the question that I was going to answer um, and the reason I'm not going to answer that question tonight um, is because my schedule this week did not allow me to spend the time that I needed to spend to answer that question. But the simple answer is no. Men are not superior to women, um, and that is clearly laid out in the Bible. And that um, question um, is not disputed uh, among Christians. It's not disputed among scholars and theologians. Uh, where the disputes come into play 
is based on interpretations of what scripture says about the roles between men and women in the context of the church um, and the family. And so this, this answer has more depth and more nuance than I was able to give it this week. And so that's the truth. And um, I think what we're going to be talking about tonight is going to be extremely beneficial. But the first question I want to ask or answer was the question that was asked two different times. Did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Have you guys ever, have you guys ever wondered this? Uh, the Bible tells the, the creation story of the world. It, it tells you in Genesis 1 through 3 about everything that was created, the earth, everything that's in it, the galaxies, everything that is in the galaxies. It also records uh, the creation of Adam, who was the first male, and Eve, who was the first female. And it does not say whether or not they have belly buttons, but since the belly button is from an umbilical cord and they were not born traditionally through the womb of a female, but just created straight into a human being like God, it's safe to say that they did not have a belly button. But we don't know for certain. Maybe God was like, hey, I'm going to create you with a belly button just because everyone else is going to have one. I don't know. All right, so the second question uh, that I just wanted to address really quickly was, if Jesus was Jewish, why aren't we Jewish? It's a fantastic question. Um, I'm guessing that the we in this question um, is referring to Christians. So if Jesus was Jewish, why aren't Christians Jewish? Um, this is a very great question. Jews were people who were born into the family line of Hebrews and the Hebrew people, and the people who were not, they were considered Gentiles, who were non-Jews. And you could think of it kind of like being born and, and living or living in America, um, and that makes you an American. If you were born and you live, or, or you live in Russia, um, you're kind of Russian. Um, you're a Christian because of your confession uh, of faith in Jesus, not by where you were born. So that's the reason why... Um, Jesus was Jewish. We follow Jesus, but we are not Jewish. Just because um, uh, Jewish or uh, like the Jew is a um, is a religion as well, and so it's a belief system. And so you can be, I guess, a Jew by believing the Jewish belief system. But if you believe in Jesus, then um, you are not a Jew. So um, these these questions might not be super difficult to answer, but it can be important to know. And over the past several weeks, um, you may have found yourself challenged. You might have found yourself learning um, new things about who God is and how he loves people. And you may have subconsciously asked yourself the question, what do I do now? What do I do with what I've learned and what do I do with what I've uncovered about the character of God? And we hope through our sermons tonight and in the past and in the future and through our small group discussions that you gather practical ways to um, shift your thinking to be more in line with who Jesus is. But sometimes it's hard to put things into practice. And that's why I want to take a break and I want to talk through um, and unpack uh, the verses that are found in James chapter 1. So let's stand together. We're going to read James chapter 1 verses 22 through 27. So just a few verses, not that many. But it says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. 
Verse 26, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You may be seated. So this is... Um, if we were to just read this passage over and over again, if we were to read this passage maybe 10, 11, 12 times, and if we were to kind of underline some key thoughts, some key phrases, kind of the summary that we can gather from this passage is this. Authentic faith is not just listening, but listening and doing. So we're going to unpack that. What is authentic faith? It's listening and doing. And so what James, the brother of Jesus, is doing is he's encouraging the Jewish Christians that he's writing to that it's not just it's not good enough just to hear about Jesus. He's saying you deceive yourself into thinking that you're good enough and you will receive right standing with God. And, and Paul echoed kind of the same theme in Romans chapter 2. He says, "For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but as those who obey the law who are declared righteous. So a, a person's righteousness or their right standing with God is based on their submission and obedience to God as their Savior. And so you can hear a lot of things in life, but if those things never change anything about you, isn't it just information that we're hearing? So we hear a lot of things like uh, pop and energy drinks, they're bad for you. But what happens when we hear that information? Like Jaden, we just continue to drink it because we're like, it tastes so good though. What are you drinking? Oh, that is so good. Gosh. But we just still drink it. Uh, we hear that exercise is really good for you. But do we exercise? <laughs> like, not really. Like, some of us do. Good for you guys. You're forced to, yeah. How many of you guys are forced to exercise because of a sport that you play or because you are in PE, physical education? <laughs> it's pointless exercise. But we know that, that um, we know that exercising, we know that eating healthy, it's good for our bodies, it gives us energy, but we don't want to because it's painful. All right, so another one is we, we recognize, um, if we follow Jesus, we recognize that reading the Bible and studying the Bible is good, but what happens? We still don't read the Bible and we still don't study it very often, if at all. Forgiveness. Uh, we know that forgiving people is a good thing to do. We, we recognize that we are to forgive people as we have been forgiven, but what happens? When someone wrongs us, when someone does something to us, says something to us, we hold on to those things and we allow it to take root in our heart and create bitterness and dissent against these different people. And we know that we need to forgive these different people, but we still, but sometimes we don't. And what does this do? This proves to us that just hearing something doesn't automatically, like in and of itself, change anything. And James gives an illustration about what this is like. Let's look at verses 23 through 24. It says, anyone who listens to the word, here's the key ones, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
One writer explained it this way. He says, to forget what God himself has revealed to us through his word when we go out into the world to live is, a, is as absurd as forgetting what we look like as soon as we walk away from the mirror. And for most of us, like when we look at ourselves in the mirror, I don't know how many of you guys look at yourself at least once in the morning. I don't know. I look at myself at least once in the morning. It would be like you looking at yourself and then going and eating Cheerios at your kitchen table or whatever you eat in the morning and then forgetting, like, do I have, do I have a face? Like, do I have a mouth? Do I have a nose? Like, I don't even know, like, what I, what I look like. And, and this sounds absurd, but what, what James is saying is that that's the same thing if you hear the word of God, but you don't do anything about it. It's the same as walking away and forgetting what you look like. And my desire as a youth group, is that we would be a group of people who are so moved by the work. <laughs> that was so random. I just saw you get out of your seat. That was interesting. Um, we're so moved by the work of Jesus that it drastically impacts our hearts and in turn the way we live our lives and the way that we treat others. So you might be asking yourself, like, what does this doer look like? James begins to describe what that doer is in verse 25. It says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So the perfect law that gives freedom is the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross and through the resurrection. And it's important for us to remember that your source, that the source of your work is not you. That the source of your response of, of doing is not to earn anything from God. Jesus gave you the ability to be included into God's family. And Jesus is the one who gave you the opportunity for all people to be saved from their sin. And so James gives three examples of what doing the word of God looks like. Verses 26 through 27. He says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from polluted from the world. So these two verses right here, and they kind of set up this entire book of James. They set the agenda of what it means to do what Jesus has taught and what it looks like to carry the words of Jesus. And you could say that these are the first action steps to begin to internalize the word of God. And the first way that James encourages these Christians, what he, control, what he tells them to do is to control their speech. So we're, we're, challenged and we're, um, we're challenged to not live our life in such a way that is out of control, that is wild, because our faith is worthless, James says. So when we use the excuse, I don't know if you've ever said this, maybe you have family members that have said this, or friends, but says, that's just the way that I am. That's just my personality. My personality is rude. I'm sassy. I'm brash. I'm harsh. I'm direct. And we start, we like make jokes about these things, and we use these excuses to kind of just say whatever we want to whoever we want at any time. And what this person could essentially be saying is that Jesus does not have the power to transform or have the authority to transform my heart and my words. 
And my question is this, if, you, if you've spent any time in church, you might have heard this question before, but like, what are you ingesting? What is the content that you're feeding yourself? If you're unhappy with what's coming out of your life, if what's coming out of your life is not what's pleasing to God, I would encourage you to look at what your diet is. And obviously we're not talking about your literal physical diet. We're talking about the things that you put into your mind, the things that you put into your spirit, because what you put in will come out. So James concludes in verse 27 with two examples of what it may look like to live out a life of faith, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. These two people groups that James is talking about in this culture had no way of providing for themselves. They had no way to provide anything for themselves. They, had a, they lived a life of nothing because no one, uh, they didn't have a husband, they didn't have a father that would be providing for them. So where are you allowing the good news of Jesus to change the way that you speak to people? The reality is that God loves all people. God loves you, the person who's sitting next to you, how does that change the way that you treat people knowing that everyone is created in the image of God and he loves them? So what do we do? How do we put our faith into action? We're going to jump into our small groups right now and we're going to talk about that. We have about three questions that we'd love for you to process and I mean, talk through. So um, the guys are in the back of the room. Girls are in the front of the room. High school is on this side. Uh, middle school is on this side. You guys have about tw uh, 20 minutes and your small group leader will dismiss you when you're done.